Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. And now let's join our guest speaker. Last week, we started on a video series. It's actually seven messages, but we're going to only do four. And that'll lead us right into the the pre-Sunday for Christmas, Sunday before Christmas, which we will uh, give a message uh, there. And it's going to tie in, but let's review last week. Last week, uh, Robert Morris was teaching uh, from Gateway Church. He was teaching on giving, and he taught on two things, the action of giving, which is, he called it the blessed life, the action of giving, and also the attitude of giving. He made a statement that, Sometimes in our, in, in our past, we have this tendency to believe that we work hard to gain that which we have. And so, therefore, we're not going to let it go very easily. We're going to hold on to it because it's ours. Not realizing that that's a, a works mentality and that's an a, a attitude of the, of, of the law and not of grace. Because everything that we have is by grace. Everything we have is by grace. And that we only are working because God has given us the strength. He's given us the job. He's given us the ability to get to work. And so, therefore, he keeps the job going. Because if it were not for God, we wouldn't have the job. We wouldn't be alive. So, therefore... Everything we have actually is his. Our, own, our lives are his. And today's message is all about the heart. It's all about the heart. And it's a scripture that I wanted to read to you. It was Paul when he went to, on his first missionary trip, he, he was going into uh, the synagogue, and he was they asked him, did he have a word for them, a word of encouragement? And he started telling, telling them about their fathers, their forefathers. And he said that they, of course, went to Egypt, uh, and they were there 400 years, and then God brought them out uh, for 40 years and 10 years in Canaan. So it was about 200, 400 and, and um for, for, for 450 years. And he said that, it's an interesting statement. He said, after he had removed him, speaking of Saul, because they asked for a king. They asked for a king. And they didn't want, they didn't want God to be there ruling their king. They wanted to be like the, the people that, are, that were around them. And so they asked for a king, and God gave them a king. And it says he raised up David to be their king after he had disposed of Saul as king. And he said that concerning whom he, meaning God, also testified and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my heart. It meaning that, that like, after my heart is, is like like-minded, someone who who thinks like I think. And it says that, who will do all my will. 
And that's interesting because we always say that we want to be like David. We, we want to have a heart after God. And if we do want to have a heart after God, we are becoming like God. We have like-mindedness to God, and that's what the message is. It is all about the heart because it, it, God gave because he has a heart for giving. David gave because he had a heart for giving. And so, therefore, let's listen to the message today from Robert Mars Gateway Church on It's All About the Heart. And again, this is a second message, so you, you weren't here last week. If you weren't here, we showed the first uh, part, first, first part of the series. And we'll have two more parts after the day, and then we'll uh, go into our next uh, messages on Christmas. But it's all about the heart. Turn in your Bibles, two passages, 1 Kings chapter 17. And Genesis chapter 4. So uh, put, uh, open your Bibles to 1 Kings 17 and then put a marker at Genesis chapter 4. And what we're going to talk about this week in the Blessed Life series is the principle of first. And uh, just to let you know, the message that I normally preach on this, and you'll be going through this in your life groups, I'm actually not going to preach to you this weekend. Uh, I, I felt so burdened about putting God first that when I did Dream to Destiny this spring, and when I got to the prosperity test, I took the content from the message uh, that I normally do in the Blessed Life series and shared it with you this last spring. So you might even want to go back and listen to that uh, uh, as well. And so when this came about, I felt like, well, I just shared that two weeks, uh, two, uh, I mean, pardon me, this spring. And so I began to pray, but let me just say, the principle of the first is the most important message in the blessed life. Because if you don't get the first one right, the first, this principle, uh, nothing else is right. If God is first in your life, please hear this, if God is first in your life, everything will come into order. If God is not first, nothing will come into order. Your marriage, your health, your finances, your family, your job, your career, your ministry, nothing, nothing. And, and I'm so burdened about this. And so many people, every one of us here, every one of us would say, God's first in my life. <clears throat> and I don't mean this uh, sarcastically. I really don't. But my response would be, let me see your checkbook. And I can tell you what's first in your life because where your treasure is, there your heart is. So whatever's first in your checkbook, every time you get paid, that's where your heart is. And I know that you don't want it to be that way. I know you want God first in your life. But this is such a simple principle that every person can do. And, and, and as a pastor, I'm so burdened because I know that it'll change your life. I know it will. And so let me share with you the principle of first. And again, uh, this is a message that I wrote for this weekend, um, even though I, 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 I normally share a different message in this slot. So you're, you're going to love this, all right? Say amen. Okay, all right. First Kings chapter 17, you, you need to know a little bit of background. Uh, there is an economic recession in Israel. During 1 Kings 17, okay? Now, I know none of us can relate to that. 
But there's a recession. There's a famine. There's actually a three and a half year period, three and a half years, no rain. Not a little rain, no rain. And we, I think, we think, theologians believe that this is about six months into that, six months to a year into that three and a half year time. Okay? First Kings 17 verse 8. Then the word of the Lord came to him, this is talking about Elijah, saying, Arise and go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, or look, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. So he arose and went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, indeed a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, Please bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. Now I want you to remember, no rain. First thing he asked for is water. And as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, Please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. So she said, As the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. And see, I am gathering a couple of sticks then I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son, that we may eat it and die. We only have one meal left, she's saying. And Elijah said to her, Do not fear. Go and do as you have said. Now watch this very carefully. But make me a small cake from it. Could everyone say this word? First. And bring it to me. And afterward, make some for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord God of Israel. The bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day that the Lord sends rain on the earth. Now, this is an amazing story. But I want you to think about this. This is a widow with one son. No other children, according to what we understand about this, because of something the Bible tells us in another passage. This is the only family she's got left in the world. Her husband's gone. She has a son, and she has just a little... They're in a recession and a drought, a famine that's so bad, she has one meal left. And Elijah says, prepare something for me first. Does not make sense at all. I'm wondering if when she turned around to leave, we don't know this, but I'm wondering if she thought, you know, Elijah's crazy. I mean, I've heard stories about him. He's crazy. Here's the reason I say that. I really wonder how many people think, now they might not say it, but how many think, how many people think when I say during a recession, you should be giving the first 10% of your income to the church. I wonder how many people think, you know, Pastor Robert's crazy. Well, he's just crazy. I mean, yeah, I can understand giving a little to God, but not right now. I need to protect everything I have. Listen to me. Please, please, please. please. During a recession is the best time to tithe. Because how are you going to make it without God's blessing? And notice God sends, listen, this is amazing to me. God sends him to a widow. I mean, wasn't there a rich man that God could have sent him to? And here's what many, many people miss about this story. Please hear this. God did not send Elijah to the widow for the widow to provide for Elijah. 
God sent Elijah to the widow so that God could provide for the widow. That's what people miss. This woman's about to die. And her son's going to die. So God gives her an opportunity to put her finances in biblical order so he can provide for her. You understand the reason most people never see a miracle is they never put God in the opportunity to have a miracle for them. To give them a miracle. How, how can you ever expect God to do a miracle in your finances if you won't do it his way? If you won't give to him first. So here's what Elijah, he shows up and says, she says, listen, we're about to die. We only have one meal left. He said, okay, listen, give to God first. She had to believe in faith to be able to do this. And when she did, when she put God first in her provision, her natural resources, then she had supernatural provision. But she had to put God first. Now, can I tell you something? God did not need this widow to provide for Elijah. He didn't need that. Let let me just show you how God provided for Elijah before and after. If you want to look back just two verses from where we started, verse 8, look at verse 6. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. God had ravens bring him bread, oh, here's a good one, and meat. That's before the widow. Let me show you after the widow. First Kings chapter 19, verses 5 and 6. Then as he lay and slept under a broom tree, suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. And then he looked, and there by his head was a cake baked on coals and a jar of water. By the way, this is the first angel food cake. <laughs> And I don't know if you noticed in the story, he said, bring me a cup of water. She starts to walk away. He said, and some bread. And then she said, I just have a little bit. He said, okay, first, bring me a little cake. Men of God like cake. <laughs> just, just so you know, because the angel brought cake, so it's, it's, it's right to do that. Okay, all right. <laughs> God did not need this widow to provide for Elijah. He wanted to provide for her. Please hear me. God wants to provide supernaturally for you. But you're going to have to honor him first. And not only did he want to provide for this widow, do you know what happened later in the story? Her son died. Look at 17, chapter 17, verses 21, 22. And this is he, Elijah, stretched himself out on the child three times and cried out to the Lord, said, Oh, Lord, my God, I pray, let this child's soul come back to him. Then the Lord heard the voice of Elijah, and the soul of the child came back to him, and he revived. Let me, let me just ask you a question. Did God know that her boy was sick? You better believe it. God knew that she only had one meal left. And that even if they did get more food, her son was still going to die. So he sends a man of God to her and gives her a test. Remember, tithing's a, a test. And says, if you'll provide for the kingdom first, if you'll just do this, step out in faith, watch what will happen. And God brought, and it all, this is what tithing brings. These are the two things tithing brings. Provision and protection. You give to God first, God will provide for you and protect you. You remember we read this two weeks ago in Malachi. He said, if you'll bring the tithe into the storehouse, I will open the windows of heaven 
That's provision. And I'll rebuke the devourer for your sake. That's protection. It's all through Scripture. All right, now go back to Genesis chapter 4. I just want to ask you as we go back to Genesis 4, because I want to show you back from the beginning about giving to God first. But I want to ask you something. We talked about provision and protection. If God said to you, now listen to me carefully. If God said to you, if you'll give me 10%, the first 10% of your income, I will bless you so that you'll actually make more money. And I will stand at the door of your house and keep Satan out of it. Would you do it? He did say it. He said it. That's Malachi. I'll open the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing there's not room enough to receive it. In other words, you'll make more. And I'll rebuke the devourer for your sake. But do you know what? Let's just be honest. Some of you would still have to think about it. Because some of you don't do it. You don't do it. But it's right in the Bible. It's in the Bible, but you don't do it. So why don't you? Now, I, and I'm not, I'm not criticizing. I'm just asking. It's, it's human nature to, to hoard. It's human nature to be afraid. You remember what Elijah said to her? Do not fear. You, you, you have to walk in faith. It takes faith to give the first one. It doesn't take faith to give the tenth one. God didn't say, wait till you have ten. You know, she, and give me the tenth one. He said, give me the first one. Takes faith to tithe because it's the first 10%, not the last 10%. So why don't we do it? Well, all the way back to the beginning, Genesis chapter 4, verse 1. Now, let me tell you one thing before we read this. We're going to read the story of Cain and Abel. Many theologians, not, not this, not the men, not the minority, the majority of, of scholars that have written on this subject believe that Cain and Abel were twins. Okay, now I'm not saying if they were or not, because the Bible is not completely clear on it. But I'll show you why many theologians believe this. Okay, uh, Genesis four verse one. Now Adam knew his wife Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain. The Hebrew word here, bore, is delivered, and she delivered Cain and said, "I have acquired a man from the Lord." Then she bore or delivered again. This time, his brother Abel. Just notice, this is why theologians believe it. It never says she conceived again. Never says Adam knew his wife again and she conceived again and, and delivered Abel. It says she, she delivered Cain and then she delivered Abel. She delivered again. So I'm, I don't know whether, I mean, uh, I don't know if Cain and Abel were twins or not. When we get to heaven, you can ask Abel. Okay? All right? I don't know, but I'm just telling you. And in the, okay, uh, now Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. In other words, Abel was a rancher, Cain was a farmer. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. So the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your countenance fallen? If you do well, in other words, if you bring the offering the way I said to, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, now watch what happens if you don't bring the offering the way God says, sin lies at the door. And its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. In other words, you open the door to a lot of sin when you don't do it God's way. 
Now Cain talked with Abel his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel his brother and killed him. We know this story. <clears throat> I was actually flipping through the channels a while back on the guide to see if anything worthwhile was on. There was no game on at the time. By the way, let's all pray. Dear God, please help the Texas Rangers. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. Now, okay. So, and if you can, the Dallas Cowboys too, please. Okay. Right. Okay. So. Anyway, I'm flipping through the channels, and, and I saw this, said Cain and Abel, like Discovery or, you know, National Geographic somewhere. And I thought, wow, Cain and Abel. So I flip over there, and, and they're talking about the brothers and all. And then they made this statement. No one in Christianity or Judaism knows why God accepted Abel's offering, and he didn't accept Cain's. And I thought to myself, I do. <laughs> and it's really simple. And you've seen it, and I've shared this with you before. Abel brought firstborn. Cain didn't bring firstfruits. But here's what I want to ask. Why didn't he bring firstfruits? Why? Because this wasn't the first. This is the first offering recorded, but most theologians don't believe this is the first offering. So I think it's because something was in his heart. So I want to, here, here are my two points. I have two points uh, today. One is the heart of Cain. Now, how would I know... What, what's in Cain's heart? How would I know that? Well, here's the reason. Because the Bible has other scripture about Cain. There, there are several in the New Testament too. And let me just show you one of those, alright? Jude 11 says, and this is Jude, it only has one chapter, so it's verse 11. Woe to them, for they have gone in the way of Cain, have run greedily in the error of Balaam for profit, and perished in the rebellion of Korah. Now, I want you to notice it says the way of Cain, and then it talks about greed, Balaam and Kor, greed and rebellion. Can I tell you why we don't tithe? Really. I, I'm not, I'm, I'm, please, 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 if you struggle, I'm not being condemning, but, but let's, let's find out why. Let's figure it out. What, what's causing you not to do it so that you could be blessed? Greed and rebellion. That's really what stops us from giving to God first, because we want more. We don't want to give up, and we're just going to do it our way, God. Now, that's what Cain did. But you have to understand, that, again, we, we don't believe. I don't believe, and most theologians don't believe this first offering. I think he knew. He knew. Why? He, 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 for, he understood. It, it, it was so clear. He'd probably seen his, his, his uh, parents give uh, sacrifices. The, listen, these aren't boys, by the way. These are grown men. They have jobs. They have occupations. They know how to run a business. One's running a ranch, one's running a farm. And, and, and in the process of time, at the end of the days, is what this reads from the Hebrew, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering to the Lord. Let me tell you, listen, listen, here's what Cain was saying. I'll bring it when I want, and I'll bring what I want. Now, you can't imagine how many people have told me that in different wording. They've said, Pastor, I give however I feel led. Well, the only problem with that is, is God tells us a way to give. That's saying, well, um, I, I love my way, I love my wife the way I feel led to love her. Well, let me tell you, the Bible tells you how to love your wife. Well, I, I honor my husband the way I want to honor him. No, the Bible tells you how to honor your husband. Well, well, I, I, I do it just however I feel led. Listen, that is an excuse for rebellion. 
I'll, I'll give, Pastor, I'll give whatever I want, whenever I want. That's Cain. Cain said, I know I'm supposed to give the first, but I'll give it however I want, whenever. And then here's the great thing about God, because some people say, I don't think Cain knew it. I do think he knew it. I, I really do, because Scripture bears that out. But even if, we, if Cain didn't know, God came to him and said, hey, what, what do you have said about if you do it the way I tell you to, okay, let's say you didn't know. From now on, you need to understand. You need to, and you know what Cain did? He just got better. And he began to blame Abel. Okay, my sacrifice wasn't accepted because Abel's was. There are a lot of people, there are a lot of people that feel that way and that walk that way. Well, what's wrong in my life is because of what he did. No, what's wrong in your life is because of what you did. Because even if what he did is wrong, how did you respond? And here's what the Bible teaches. If a guy does me wrong and I respond right, God blesses me. God, God will take care of me, even if someone else does something wrong. But a, Cain's attitude and heart is, I'm going to blame someone else for, why my, what, for what's rolling on in my life. And I just want you to know something, God. I'll do it whenever I want, and I'll do it however I want. And it's very clear in Scripture that we're to give the first 10% to the church. But somehow we want to get do it our own way. Uh, this is a good scripture. I'm reading this out of the New Living Translation because I really like the way it reads. Proverbs 19.3 says, People ruin their lives by their own foolishness and then are angry at the Lord. You want me to read that one again? Or you don't want me to read that one again? <laughs> People ruin their lives by their own foolishness and then are angry at the Lord. Now, just so we know, we're to give first fruits. A couple of scriptures, Proverbs 3, 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. By the way, I just want you to notice that he says, honor the Lord with your first fruits, with your possessions. That goes back to the heart. And then Exodus 23, 19 says, the first of the first fruits. That's just in case there was any uh, question about it. <clears throat> the first of the first fruits of your land you shall bring into the house of the Lord your God. That's any, that settles any question about where you give it, where you bring it. Okay, and here's number two, the heart of Abel. Let's look at the heart of Abel here. How do we know the heart of Abel? Because the Bible tells us there are other scriptures that tell us about Abel. Hebrews 11:4. By faith. Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts. I want you to notice the word gifts. It wasn't just one. It was more sacrifices than just one. And through it, he being dead still speaks. Abel was a man of faith. That's what the Bible says. By faith, he offered. It takes faith to give God the first 10%. It doesn't take faith to pay your bills and then give to God. And what God is saying is, if you'll recognize me first, I'll give a miracle. See, it, did not, it would not have taken any faith at all for the widow to say, well, let me make something for my son and me first. And then if there's enough left over, I'll make something for you. Elijah said, no, no, do it for me first. Put the kingdom of God first, 
and watch what happens to your provision. This is a, this is a principle. It's all through Scripture. So let me give you just a few. Joshua six nineteen. This is talking about when they took Jericho. But but all the silver and gold and vessels of bronze and iron are consecrated or set apart to the Lord. They shall come into the treasury of the Lord. And another verse says the Lord's house. So this is, again, it goes to the church, but I want you to notice. And here's the point, though. You say, well, it didn't say 10% of the silver and gold. It said all of it. Well, it's very simple. Why? Jericho was the first city in the promised land. What God was saying was, if you'll give me the first, I will protect you and provide for you as you take the rest of the land. That's always what tithing is about. It's about God's provision and God's protection. Uh, Genesis 22. It's just a few chapters from where you are in Genesis 4. If you want to flip over, you can. This is a story of Abraham and Isaac. God asked Abraham for his firstborn son of the promise. He didn't ask for, hey, have ten sons and then give me one. Give me the first one when he only had that one as far as the promise, and that was the promise for more. Watch what happened, and we know God stopped him, but watch what happened when he stopped him. Genesis 22, verse 10. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, here I am. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. Now watch these words carefully. For now I know. Now I know that you fear God. Since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. Then... Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of the place the Lord will provide. This is Jehovah Jireh in the Hebrew. As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. Okay, notice when he was willing to give his first to God, God provided and, watch this, protected God's provision didn't come until he gave his first. Then not only did God's provision come, but God's protection came. All through Scripture, Matthew 6, 33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Now, we went back, Cain and Abel, the firstborn and firstfruits. It says that Cain was offended. Cain was offended that God wouldn't accept his offering. Can I tell you something that many people have never thought of? <laughs> you remember we talked a while back when our series on eternity and about how people say, well, how could a loving God send someone to hell? And I said, let's get a different perspective. How could anyone reject a loving God? Okay, let me give you a little different perspective on God not accepting Cain's offering and Cain being offended. Maybe you've never thought about this. God was offended. God was offended because Cain was not giving his best. He wasn't sacrificing his first. And I'm going to tell you why it offended God. The firstborn and firstfruits. All through Scripture, we give the firstborn, we give the firstfruit. It represents the tithe. But can I tell you, again, everything in the Old Testament represents something new. Do you know what the firstborn and the firstfruits represent in the New Testament? <laughs> Jesus. Look at these scriptures. 1 Corinthians fifteen twenty. But now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruits 
of those who have fallen asleep. And Colossians 1.15, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. God knew that the firstborn and the first fruits represented the sacrifice of his son. Abel comes and gives the firstborn with a pure heart. Cain comes from the rebellious heart, said, I'm not giving the first fruits. I'll give whenever and however I want to. And God said, I don't accept that. Because you need to understand something, son. There's going to come a day when I give my first fruits and my firstborn for you. You know, the most famous verse in the Bible, John 3:16, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. Okay, I'd like to just paraphrase it just a little bit in relationship with this. For God so loved the world, he gave his only firstborn, firstfruits, highest and best gift for the world. So if God would give you his best. Why wouldn't we give him our best? I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. I plead with you as your pastor. Believe in this principle. Study it for yourself. The principle of giving God the first. The principle of seeking first the kingdom. The principle of honoring the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. The principle of bring the first of your first fruits into the house of the Lord. And I want you to know something. It's not to provide for the church because God can provide for the church. It's to provide for you. It's to provide for and protect you. There's no other reason that God would ask for 10% of your income because he doesn't need it. But he would like for you to give him the opportunity to bless you and to provide for you and to protect you. But it's going to take faith because it's not the last 10%. It's the first 10%. What's God saying to you through this message? We want to pray for you. No matter which campus you're attending, or if you're in the second level at South Lake, we have people on the second level to be able to pray for you. We want to pray for you. This is part of church. I don't want anyone to leave during this time unless you have an emergency. If you have an emergency, I understand that. We're only going to sing one more worship song. We want to invite the presence of God to come so that people who need prayer in any area of their lives at every campus can have a moment to just respond. And what we do is we just do one worship song, and then we continue to minister people at the altar, but we release everyone else to go. So, But for one song, all together... We seek God and worship God. And if you need prayer for any area of your life, you don't have to be a member of Gateway Church to come for prayer. No matter which campus you're attending or if you're in the second level at Southlake, all right? If you need prayer for any area, if you'll just, in just a moment, we'll stand. And when we stand, you just stand up, step out and come to the front or right by the exits in the second level. We have people that can pray with you, all right? Holy Spirit, I pray you'll draw every person at every campus that needs any prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.
Praise God. I just heard what my wife told me that somebody told her, which was uh, that that we're supposed to be tithing. And this was, I guess, about 25, 30 years ago, something like that. And uh, I got upset uh, because I said, we, we can't even make it off two incomes. How are we going to make it off if we give 10% to the church? And... Uh, and she just said, well, if I can work it out, can we do it? And I said, well, if you can work it out where uh, we can do everything we want to do, uh, <laughs> then yes. <laughs> and uh, praise God for for a, a godly wife who wants to honor God because we've been tired and never since, you know. Um, and, and, and the great, great thing about it is that a God changed my heart. Because I didn't have a heart for giving. I really didn't. I had a heart for receiving. And, and, and he, he, he really changed my heart. So I'm, I'm, I'll be eternal, eternally grateful for him doing that. And it's only by his grace. It's not because I did anything whatsoever. Uh, it's just that he changed my heart. And he used my wife to do it and, and others to do it also. Uh, so... I don't know whether you need a change heart. I have no clue about what you need. But all I know is all about the heart. And that's what Cain, and that's what Abel was about, is about the heart. Having a heart of Cain or a heart of Abel. And you notice he didn't say, when you get to heaven, ask Cain. He didn't say that. Because we know that Cain was of the devil. And we know that that's what the scripture says. Uh, so we know that uh, we want to hard out the, like Abel, don't we? Let's stand. Thank you for listening to this message from Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.